Road and Cromboom. Uh, I think an alternative would be advisable at this point in time. But right now, though, it's time for us to head along to our next feature for this morning. And, um, of course, it's an interesting one because we've heard various calls, um, you know, in terms of religious gatherings and calls for religious gatherings, um, which, as we know, has been prohibited under Level 3. But Freedom of Religion South Africa has approached the High Court in Johannesburg on an urgent basis to ask that government's indefinite ban on faith-based gatherings be lifted. Now, to tell us a bit more this morning, we are joined online by Michael Swain, Executive Director for SA. Michael, good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning and thank you for having me on the show. Only a pleasure. So let's take a look further at the application, you know, that you have put together. Um, We do understand it's two parts, perhaps telling us a bit more. Yes, the first part that we are asking is for this ban to be indefinitely, or this ban on um, faith-based gatherings, which is an indefinite ban, to be lifted. And to be lifted immediately and for government to then show the evidence, the scientific data-based evidence, why it has decided to impose this ban while allowing similar gatherings, for example, in casinos and in restaurants and in health clubs and cinemas to to take place. Um, We live, I think, very importantly in a constitutional democracy. And the Constitution does allow for the limitation of our constitutional rights. And a very important one, of course, is freedom of religion. And Freedom of religion, in fact, has more constitutional protection than other sectors of the economy. And so we are simply saying that we cannot distinguish the difference between the ban, the absolute total ban, indefinitely on faith-based gatherings, while allowing these other gatherings to take place. What is the difference, for example, between you know, sitting in, in your instance or standing in, in a mosque, uh, socially distanced, proper health and hygiene and sanitation protocols in place and sitting side by side in a casino, uh, that doesn't make sense. And incidentally, if you were sitting side by side in a casino and playing the slot machines and then you decided to have a prayer time in that same venue, one would be legal and the other illegal. It's just not logical. It doesn't make sense. And therefore, we're saying that it amounts to unfair discrimination uh, against the religious community. Now, Michael, tell me, you know, under level four and five, you know, when religious gatherings were allowed, you know, did 4SA perhaps, you know, conduct any surveys in terms of are our places of gathering, you know, upholding those protocols in terms of health and safety? I can tell you on our side, you know, when it came to some of our mosques, they tend to be a bit problematic um, with regards to, you know, not maintaining those protocols, etc. Especially on a Friday, we used to get messages in studio, pictures in studios coming through um, of you know those protocols being violated so in terms of that you know how would we best manage that and what have been the calls from interfaith leaders at this point in time under the ban well number one the regulations are very clear when it came to faith-based gatherings in the past uh, and they were pretty stringent and very strict in fact they were stricter than for other sectors of the economy and obviously there is a i think a responsibility for everybody who does stay open in this pandemic to abide by those but equally it's the responsibility of government to make sure that those are enforced so the very fact that there may be some people who are not uh, 
strictly compliant doesn't mean to say that one particular sector of the society should suddenly be shut down. Mm. I suspect that you'll find similar um, laxness, for example, in these other sectors, in casinos and cinemas and gymnasiums and that type of thing. And so you cannot just simply say that because there's some discrepancy in some some meetings that we're now going to effectively shut down and punish the entire sector as a consequence. That would, again, be unfair discrimination unless you apply an equal scale all the way across the economy. And government obviously hasn't done that. Mm. But there are increasing calls for uh, basically reasonableness and fairness and equity. And unfortunately, you know, we, we have, for say, we've represented uh, in, the, in this particular case that we're bringing, we have signatories amounting to over 11 million people wow. uh, who are supporting our application. But we, we now believe, having tried many times, we've written to government, we've written to COG, to the presidency, the uh, nerve centre, we've written to every structure we know to, and yet we're not getting responses. And therefore, we now believe that we need to go to the court to review these regulations so that a fair assessment can be made as to whether or not their decision is reasonable and justifiable in accordance with the rule of law and the Constitution. And that, we believe, means that they need to show the evidence upon which they base their decision to what otherwise would be unfair discrimination against the religious community. Michael, let's talk about uh, some of the consultation processes that you uh, might have had, you know, before lodging or going to lodge, um, uh, you know, the, the court papers. Um, to, were those of uh, other religious denominations, you know, were you in contact with them as well? Yes, we, we've liaised broadly uh, with different sectors of the faith community. And we have a particular constituency that we represent who've given us the mandate to represent them. And in times past when we have had consultations, so we've met with uh, the COGTA Minister Kossasana Dlamini Zuma, we've met with the uh, COGTA Parliamentary Portfolio Committee and the two Deputy COGTA Ministers, we've been in a meeting with the President, and at those meetings we've represented at 1.18.5 million people. And yet, unfortunately, we were not consulted before this hard lockdown the last time. We're not quite sure why that was. Uh, but again, it, we live in a democracy, and it's very important that we use the democratic processes so that our voices can be heard in these matters. And going to court, unfortunately, is arguably one of the last resorts, but it is an important resort because that's what the courts are there for. They're there to be an objective lens and to apply the Constitution to these matters. And obviously, what they decide will be very important. And then also, you know, in terms of uh, the court application, has that been lodged officially yet or is it something that will still be happening? No, it is lodged. Uh, we filed it on, the, the papers were filed on Monday, uh, and the date is set down for Tuesday next week, Tuesday the 2nd. And there will also be another uh, case heard. In fact, I think there's going to be three applicants, as I understand it. Um, three separate applications will be heard on basically the same uh, subject matter on the same day. Great stuff. Let's leave it at that. Michael Swain, who is the Executive Director for 4SA, of course, um, Freedom of Religions in South Africa.